So up to class eight, we've basically covered the, um, not the glossary, what's the word? Inventory. The what? Ingredients. Inventory. Ingredients, inventory maybe. Yeah, we've basically got our vocabulary down. So when I say to you, Nefesh Bahamis, we know that we're talking about a, a drive inside us that is um, hell-bent on being and pleasure, selfish. When I talked about the Nefesh Lakis, we got a vague idea that we're talking about an uncreated being, essentially an uncreated being, um, that is just, we didn't really talk about how much it desires, what it truthfully desires. We're going to talk about that later. But it's made of 10, so to speak, 10 faculties that divide into two parts. It has Seichel and Midas, and the Seichel gives birth to Midas and then directs the Midas and we learn for Keret by the Nefesh of Bahamas that yes, the Seichel gives birth to the Midas like always, but then the Midas hijack the Seichel and use the Seichel for its own perverted purposes or selfish purposes, we could say. Um, then we learned about uh, what mitzvahs are and the concept of garments, thought, speech, and action, and how when when we do, when we behave, being thought, speech, and action, we become enclosed in the act. So just like if my father's desire is to watch me dance, when I dance, I, so to speak, am giving life to his rutson. And giving life to something in Lashon HaChasidus means becoming enclosed within it. Then we learned the difference between, that was chapter four. Then we learned the difference between what it means understanding and doing. And that how understanding is not just, I mean, it has the mitzvah quality, which means you become enclosed. Hashem wants you to learn Torah. So when you learn Torah, you're, you're giving life to his ratzon, so to speak. You'll be makayim his ratzon, so you become malubish in it. Uh, but then there's the added experience of learning which is the the becoming immersed within and it becoming immersed within you maki for mukaf you surround the information and the, in, the information surrounds you when you understand something you hop it, it it fits into your head so that goes also for the nefesh bahamis with secular subjects not just with torah that's that's just the concept of understanding. Then we started discussing in chapter six, the, we introduced the concept of the, when we spoke more in detail about the Nefesh of Bahamas, um, we got that clearer, what that's all about, um, and how it's just, so to speak, like a mirror image of the Nefesh of Akis. Um, primarily emotional, like we said, the emotions dictate the intellect, like a child. Um, and then to the end of six and seven and eight, we started discussing clipping in rich detail. And now hopefully we have a working definition of what clipper and citra achra is, they're synonymous, and how they break down into the clipus noiga and clipus tameus, and how the role of the yid is to raise up the clipus noiga and to avoid the Klippus of Timaeus. 
so we've got we've got a very clear hopefully a clear picture of all the parts to the puzzle now we're going to put it all back together Bezrat Hashem so I don't know if you guys remembered but at the beginning of the Sefer the whole book begins with the, the question of what's a Tzadik Benoni in Russia and we ended up really not actually knowing what a Tzadik is because we kind of defined a Benoni that he never does anything wrong so then what's a, what's a Tzadik so they're not really that important to be uh, the way I see it anyway. Like the the the, the, the this discussion of Tzadik Benoni and Russia, the way I understand it is they are um, they are uh, terms that the Alter Rebbe use uses to jump in and to give us the big picture. So they're important in that they are kind of a means to an end getting these definitions down and through getting these clear we're going to understand how it all fits together you're going to see over the next few weeks and this is the beginning okay so these next chapters like i said from chapter nine really until chapter 15 is we're kind of putting all the pieces together and we're going to put the pieces together by getting clear definitions on tzaddik that's chapter 10 russia meaning both Tzadikim and both were shown. That's chapter 11. And the Benoni is chapter 12, um, 13, 14, and then some nuances in the Benoni in chapter 15. So we're going to use those terms to piece the whole thing back together. So in a sense, this chapter, chapter 9, is a kind of precursor to all of those chapters he's actually it's really like i've i'm learning so much in this course in what i'm doing now because i'm spending basically each week i'm just immersing myself in the peric like in a way that i've never done i'm listening to shirim from like four different places and i'm just and then i i just immerse myself from tuesday until well from tuesday to tuesday and then i write it i, I write up the course on uh sunday and monday so i'm like seeing it on a whole i've never done it like this before and um i realize now that in chapter nine he's really kind of building the framework by which you're going to understand chapters 10 11 12 13 14 okay so he begins by telling us that the The Nefesh in Bahamas and the Nefesh in Akis have been forced into this very small space that we call a body. And he compares it to a war between two kings warring for control over your body, which, by the way, includes your intelligence and your emotions. So they're not only warring for your for the, your hands and your feet, so to speak. They're also warring for your heart and for your mind. Um, and it's a it's a really intense battle because there's no compromise. There is no, uh, as I heard one of the rabbis say, there is no two state so solution. <laughs> so, <coughs> so well, let, first things first is that. He describes, he says that Nefesh of Bahamas primarily lives 
in the left side of the heart. And he goes out into all the others and he goes up into the brain. He says that the Nefesh, wait, did I say Nefesh Bahamas? The Nefesh Bahamas lives in the left side of the heart and he extends up into the brain, meaning his permanent residence is in New York and he has, uh, or let's say the other way, his permanent residence is in Florida and he has a holiday home in New York. Yeah, the Nefesh Rakis, on the other hand, his permanent residence is in New York and he has a holiday home in Florida. That basically means that it's just a really, a really nice way of explaining like what we know already, that the Nefesh of Bahamas is primarily emotional and the Nefesh of Akis is primarily intelligent. Hmm. We know that both souls have Seichel and Midas. But the question is, which ones dominate? Which ones run the show? So in the Nefesh of Bahamas, he primarily lives in the heart, meaning he's emotional, and he's mispache up into the moyach. As we said, he uses the moyach to justify and to... What was the word I found? I found a good word. Nasa Keheter, like something, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, like I, I said justify and, oh, sorry, justify and implement. implement. The Nefesh of Bahamas uses the Seichel to justify and implement. Influence or implement? Im implement. Implement. He could also use it to influence as well, actually. But, but the primarily, he uses it to justify what he wants and to implement what he wants. It's like really, it's like a, a it's really like an animal. You ever seen um like I traveled to India when I was a kid and I they have these little monkeys like all over the place. Like I don't know what they are, they're like just little monkeys, and they you can see they're clever, like they they can steal your lunch or they, they can do you know, but you realize their cleverness is completely it's just like a tool, like 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 a tiger's got teeth. Yeah, these monkeys have got intelligence. It's just one of their tools. It's not part, it's a complete, see, that's the completely different, it's a completely different Matthias to a human being. The, the, the intelligence of a human being isn't just a tool of his. It is also, or it shouldn't be. The, 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 the intelligence of the human being is that he's an, he's an, he's an essentially intelligent being. Not that he just has intelligence, like one of those little monkeys. He is an intelligent being, meaning his intelligence should really run the show. Not that the show is running and his intelligence just gets drafted into the show. So anyway, so there's one thing that I really want to talk about that's really off topic in a sense, but it's so interesting maybe we can maybe we'll talk about it that so so we we built the picture yeah you've got the left side of the heart which by the way the rebbe says is where the blood is but if you actually look into anatomy it says that the left side of the heart is the oxygenated blood and then he said the right side of the heart the right side of the heart is where there isn't any blood yeah but the right side of the heart lp anatomy what they understand now is that there is blood, but it's the non-oxygenated blood, meaning the blood is pumped from the left side of the heart 
around the body and then ends up in the right side of the heart that then pumps it back through the lungs into the left side of the heart. So by the time the blood gets into the right side of the heart, it is without oxygen. For all intents and purposes, the blood in the right side of the heart is dead. And the blood in the left side of the heart is alive. And that's the point that the nefesh is in the blood and the blood is where the energy of that nefesh is, of the nefesh of Bahamas. So it primarily lives in the right side of the heart, whereas the oxygenated blood, meaning the live blood, the blood that is alive, that's where all the energy is, all the passion is, all the power, all the drive, okay? And that goes up into the brain and influences the brain. The nefesh of Bahamas, on the, the nefesh of the keys, on the other hand, He's more ethereal, he's more disembodied, he's more adin. Yeah, so what's the more, more suitable place for him to live? It's obviously the brain, because the intellect is much more ruchni than the emotions. So he lives primarily in the brain. And as such, he goes down into the left side of the heart. Because the left side of the heart, right is, side. No? Sorry, sorry. Excuse me. Into the right side of the heart, where the dead blood is, and that's what the Rebbe describes as being no blood, because dead blood is, in a sense, no blood. There's no, there's no like, um, what's the word? There's no, um, or there's vitality. Much less, exactly. Thank you. There's much less vitality, much less energy, much less passion there. So the so the so so the nefesh of the keys can go down into that side of the heart. What's up, Itzi? No, you would think it would want to go to the left side where the nefesh of Bahamas is to take over. I mean, you would think, of, why would it, you know, detract? So if it's that, that's a good question. We'll we'll answer that. We'll keep that question in your mind because we will mamash answer that. We will answer that, and that will the answer will be along the lines of the nefesh of Bahamas can't the nefesh of the keys. It's very difficult for him to go head on head, head, head to head in a sense with the with the nefesh of Bahamas. So he really needs to kind of influence the nefesh of Bahamas by powering himself up. We'll see. Bizarre to show. Okay, so I I want to mention this is not in the um, this is oh wait before before we mention that before we mention let's just let's just explain one more point that the reason why we said there can't be a two-stage solution is for different reasons from either side. The reason why the Nefesh of Bahamas can't entertain a two-stage solution is because he is ultimately selfish and he doesn't want to give up any, any um, autonomy to anything. He wants to be completely in control. The reason why the Nefesh Lakis can't entertain the two-state solution is because she's incompatible with the Nefesh of Bahamas. It's like oil and water. They can't, selflessness and selfishness can't coincide from the side of selfless. There can't be an element of selfish. So, but it becomes more, it becomes more intense because the Nefesh of the Kis needs the Nefesh of Bahamas. The Nefesh of Bahamas doesn't need the Nefesh of the Kis. 
in a sense, in that, in the Bechina I'm talking about right now. The Nefesh, the Nefesh of Bahamas, when he takes the reins, or so to speak, when he gets the keys to the car, so to speak, yeah, the Nefesh Elokis gets put in the trunk and closed up. Or you could, the way the Rebbe talks about it is in a base of Sarum, like a, a prison, or he goes into Gullus, the Nefesh Elokis. She goes into Gullus. Meaning that the Nefesh Bahamis takes over the show and, and he just throws the Nefesh Lakis into a dungeon. That's slightly easier. The Nefesh Lakis, on the other hand, is dependent on the Nefesh Bahamis. She can't do mitzvahs without that vivifying force in the body. The body is enlivened by the Nefesh Bahamis. It's also called the nefesh achiyunis, the the life giving soul. So the life giving soul is is the way they describe it is that it's called the 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 duck. So the 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 duck shabagas and the gas shabaduk, meaning it's the most the most coarse of the refined, and it's the most refined of the coarse. Meaning, it's is it spiritual? Yes. Is it physical? Yes. It's it's the go-between, between the Nefesh Elokis, which is Kulu spiritual, and even more than that, it's godly, and the body, which is Kulu physical. So the Nefesh Elokis being so much more rarefied and so much more subtle and abstract and disembodied can't directly influence the body. It would be like using a very rarefied kind of um, fuel, some kind of crazy high octane like jet fuel in your diesel, you know, in your diesel Volkswagen or something like that. It's just too, it's too refined to be able to be poil the actual goof. You with me? So it needs... It needs, the Nefesh keys needs to draft the Nefesh of Bahamas. It needs the Nefesh of Bahamas on its side. It's a very strange war going on. So what? Uh, it's a strange war. One is doesn't need the other. One wants the other. It's just, a, well, it's just fun. It's, it's, it's complex, but it's too, I mean, the war is the war, and they've just got two different agendas. And their different agendas, like any war, the different agendas are just going to be that the, the Nefesh of the Kis needs to, so to speak, um, what's it called when you take your enemy and turn it into your, to working for you? There's a word for that. I can't remember the word. But, but the, um, the Nefesh of the Kis needs to turn the Nefesh of Bahamas into its into its helper, and the Nefesh of Bahamas just wants to get rid of the Nefesh of Akis. So they've got two different agendas. Now, I just wanted to, this is a side point here, but I've linked, if, if when when Yoel puts out the, uh, the paper, I linked an essay called the Default Mode Network. Now, this is a, anyone's heard of this, the DMN? So they've only discovered this quite recently, and they really discovered it through a lot of psilocybin testing that they, um, the one guy wrote a book, what's his name? 
Pop Pollock. How to Change Your Mind by someone. I wouldn't recommend reading it. It's not worth reading. Um, but I can tell you what's important for me. Um, that um, he, in my opinion, that he explains that there's these there's these mystical experiences that people have um, on psilocybin, magic mushrooms, and they they um, most of them they'll use different language, but they'll all be alluding to the same kind of experience. Whether they call it being immersed in in divine love or consumed in an infinite light or one with all of reality or it's all all different lashonas yeah but it's all alluding to the same the same concept that they become privy to and what they always thought it also happens with lsd and with dmt and with ayahuasca and all, all the all the uh all the hallucinogenic drugs by, by using and also you can do it through breath work yeah, you can also yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also through uh, what's the word? Hol holotropic. Holotropic. Holotropic breath. Holotropic breath. Exactly. I did that one time. I had a quite quite wacky experience on that. But um. Me too. We we did it a couple weeks ago. Oh, you said yeah. It was good. I, you know, you know your view on all these things. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Like again, like it's fun. Just don't take it too seriously. It's like if it's, it's helpful. Uh... It's like going for a run. That's also helpful for your bodhisattva. So, um, but anyway, so some people do have, some people can have experiences on these substances that do last and do make a big difference. So I don't want to, I don't want to um, mock it or take away from it because, because that is helpful. But anyway, so what they discovered, they, they use. I'm in the process of like processing it all. So don't stare for me. I, I had a great experience actually. Okay, good. A big takeaway. Yeah. Good. So I'm saying, can I know people who've had their lives changed. I I had my life changed from experiences on on uh, on hallucinogenics. So um so on oh, no, on psychedelics whatever. that the um yeah. So using this new well, it's, I don't know how new it is now. Twenty years old. It's called fMRI scans where they basically were scanning the people's brains as they were having these experiences. And what they found was that there's this there's this network in your brain called the DMN, the default mode network. Yeah, it's basically responsible for creating your ego. Okay, you can look into it. And this essay has got it's got some really interesting information. So I I recommend having a look at that. It's a few pages, but you'll you'll enjoy it. Um, that basically that when this network is activated or the more strongly it's activated the more your sense of self meaning the more your memories the more your recollections of past experiences the more your feeling of a self the more your defining of other people all of these things just as a, as a really interesting thing is you'll notice that people who are on psychedelics can look at a tree and just be in absolute awe yeah Whereas, like, you know, a regular person looks at a tree and you're like, it's a tree. Great. What is it that puts this person in awe of the tree when they take psychedelics? Listen to this. It's amazing. That what happens 
is contrary to what everybody thought, psychedelic, everyone thought that psychedelics speed up the brain, yeah? And therefore you hallucinate, you um, hallucinate, hallucinate, et cetera, yeah? What they found out is that, especially psilocybin and psychedelics in general, they actually stop the blood flow to the brain and they discontinue or turn off whatever, the default mode network. They starve the default mode network of blood. When the default no, when the D when the DMN closes down, now we start to be in wonder of the world. Why? Because when you look at a tree, this is really trippy. When you look at a tree, you don't really see a tree. You know what you see is you see a projected movie of all the other trees that you've seen in your life. You're not looking at a tree unless you're a real tzaddik. If you're a real tzaddik, the way I understand it, if you're a real tzaddik, the DMN is basically being discontinued. But as a, as a, as a regular person, when the DMN is in full flow, the DMN is, it's a survival <clears throat> network. Because if every time you saw a new tree, like, you know, when a kid gets a, like a new plastic, you give a, a young, like a two-year-old or like a one-year-old, a plastic toy, yeah? The first thing they do is they see if you can eat it. And then they like, bang it on their head or they stump on it or they, they're discovering what it is. What do you do with this? That's the... That is because the DMN doesn't have any information to work with. Once the kid becomes three years old, you give him the same toy. He won't put it to his mouth to test it out because he's got enough references of what is edible and what's not edible that he doesn't need to test this out anymore because his DMN is already throwing previous references showing him this is an edible, something that looks like this and has this kind of texture and this kind of whatever is not edible. So don't even waste the time putting it into your mouth. You with me? So when we're looking at a when we're looking at a tree so that we can just function normally in this world, we are comparing it and contrasting it and whatever it is to all the other trees that we've seen in the past. And that takes away the wonder. That's why you're not in wonder because you're just watching a film that you've seen countless times before when people take these these psychedelic drugs it stops the blood flow to the brain uh, to the, to this dmn and it either stops or um tones down the video that's being played and you actually see the tree and you can end up in a real wonder with an O. Now, the DMN basically creates the ego. That is what the ego is. I'm not going to get into that now, but that really is what the ego is. The ego is your the, the computer program of your brain running on default. That's called ego. Yeah, that really, what I just said then is a lot, a lot of explanation, but I'm not going to get into that now. But so the DMN is responsible for your ego, yeah? And that's exactly what the Rebbe said 230 years ago. 
that the nefesh of Bahamas primarily dwells in your heart, in the blood, in the heart, and from there goes up into the mind. That's exactly a description of how the DMN works. The blood going into the mind, into the brain, is what causes the ego. It's very interesting because in my breath work, that's the exact experience I had was a relief of my ego. It was, and I'm very much on this trip right now of being in touch with my ego and, and, and it's ego. It was all about ego. It's crazy. You're saying this. Yeah. Yitzhi understands that this is, this is what the fight is. No, (laughs) that's all it is. It's between the default. It's between the default mode network and reality. That is how does more, how does more breath to the brain accomplish that? I, I don't know how the holotropic breathing works, but it's, well, it, the question was not about the question wasn't yeah. about air to the brain. The question was about blood to the brain. So right, maybe, but that blood, the blood in the in the right ventricle is oxygenless. That's what it is. Yeah, but it's starving. It's starving. Your brain is, but the reason it works with breathing is because your body, um, you're you're expelling a lot of carbon dioxide, and it's, it's but that's a different thing. I mean, but the point is the experience, it's the same. It's 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 hallucinogenic. It's the same. It's the same experience as. I mean, I would I would be surprised if it wasn't if it if it wasn't what we just said that it's it just shuts the DMN down by starving it of 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 blood to the brain like I, I don't know Gabrielle the details but I just know what the uh but but I they spoke about it in a similar way um in that book about holotropic breathing I basically I think it's the same idea look into it see what you find okay that was a side point um okay there's a yeah so now the the two souls are struggling for like we said total dominion over the body which means they need the body and all its faculties and functions to become nullified to it now this this idea this ravmanis has given over a few times and um i very much connect to this and if we understand, it's very simple, really. But if we understand this clearly, we're in a good place. This is gonna, this is gonna profit us later on in the book, really deeply. So, so we're gonna explain three levels of bittle as well to show. Bittle is translated as nullification, yeah, self nullification. I like to think of it more as self transcendence. The word nullification, I don't like that word. Like, and I don't even like the word bittle because it, it it's it's gotten so much bad rap. People when they hear bittle, they just think of this like schmutter housewife who, you know, is just getting beaten by her husband. That's what bittle kind of makes you feel. <laughs> so, uh, so the word is really transcendent, and that's just what happens in my mind. Every a lot of people that I've spoken to, whenever you say bittle, they just like go like, Ooh, you know. Um, but when we say like transcendence of the self as opposed to nullification of the self, it sounds much more, you know, much more geschmack. So we are really talking about self-transcendence. 
Um, and even in a sense, it's not about nullifying yourself. It's about drafting the self. So really self-transcendence is a much more, because you're not going to get rid of yourself. You're not going to get rid of your personality. Absolutely. You, in fact, the greatest gift that you can give to the Boilishoylem is your personality. That is the dearest, most precious thing that he's given to you. And that is the dearest and most precious gift you can give to him is your personality. So we're talking about self-transcendence. So, so th there's this is the muscle to get the three levels, okay? There's the level of the brain, there's the level of the heart, and there's the level of the hand, okay? The, the bittle of the brain is the lowest level of bittle. And it's comparable to like, you have a guy... You have a guy working for you, like a guy in the office, yeah? Everyone's had a guy working for them in the office, yeah? And whenever you look round, he's on his telephone. <laughs> but he's a good guy. He's a good guy. And the reason why he's on his telephone is because you didn't give him an instruction of something to do. The minute you say do something, the phone's away and he's doing it, yeah? That's a level of bittle. That's exactly how the brain operates. The brain, when you're not using your brain, it's thinking about all kinds of stuff. He's got his own agenda, yeah? But the minute you ask him, help me with this, he's like, let's do it. He drops what he's doing and he's there with you. So that's the lowest level of Bittle, but it's still a level of Bittle, meaning you have your own personal agenda, but you will drop it in the presence of your master's agenda. And that's the level of the brain. The brain has got its own personal agenda. It wants to do what it wants to do. It wants to think about what it wants to think about. The minute you say, okay, it's time to get on top of this Gomorrah. If you're in a good, if you're in a good, uh, a good state, then the brain's like, okay, let's do it. He forgets what he was thinking about and he's there on the duff. Okay. That's the level of the brain. Now, this is a more nuanced level, but I think it still makes a lot of sense. The level of the heart. Now, the heart also actually has its own agenda. It's a bit of a stretch saying agenda, but it, it still makes sense. What's the agenda of the heart? The agenda of the heart is that it pumps. The heart pumps. That's what it does. It's a heart. It pumps. Now, that means that if somebody was to take out this heart, it would still be pumping. In fact, they could take out this heart that's still pumping and actually put it in someone else, and it would continue to pump if they did it correctly. So that means that the heart has an agenda. It pumps. Now, it just so happens, luckily enough, that it's in the perfect place to be doing its thing and it's helping the organism perfectly. It would be comparable to having a guy working for you, like let's say you're a music company, yeah? And you've got a guy, a young musician working for you and he loves it. He just loves it. Every day coming into work, it's like for him, it's just an oinig niflamamash, yeah? 
is getting paid to mamash make music. But he doesn't really care about your company at all. He's just doing his thing. You're giving him context to do his thing, and therefore he appears to be totally nullified to your business. But it's only because it kind of coincides. You with me? So that's that is meaning his agenda is your agenda, but it's his agenda. Not like the brain. The brain had his own agenda, something completely different. And he'll drop his agenda to do your agenda. But the heart has an agenda, which happens to be the same as your agenda. So it has its own agenda, but it happens that its agenda and your agenda are the same. So that's a deeper level of Bittal, but it's still not the ultimate level of Bittal. The ultimate level of Bittal is the level of the hand that has no agenda. It just sits there until you need it. Like your car, it's called a Markova. Your car sits in your garage until... Your car just sits there still in the garage until you call upon it. Meaning your car, which is called a Markova chariot, has zero agenda of its own. That was that was Avram. That was what Avram said when he said Hineni. Hashem was, can you do this for me? He's like, I'm here, I got nothing else to do. I'm here for you. That's a really healthy way of that's a really healthy way of being in this world. Just seeing that. Like, you know, the thought of, well, what would you do at the end? You know, when someone says you, you could do a mitzvah or something, I said to my kids before, like, what, yeah, you've got something better to do? You can think of something better to do? <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's, that's really, really healthy. When you start, that means you just, you're not taking yourself seriously. And you know what the beautiful thing about taking yourself so unseriously is? Is that when things don't work out the way you want, you want them to work out, it doesn't really matter because you don't take yourself so seriously. <laughs> so you stop getting angry, you stop getting upset, you stop getting frustrated, you stop getting anxious, you stop getting depressed. All of those things just fall away. Because, like, why are you depressed? What was <laughs> why does it matter? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so those, by the way, there's, there, there's, by the way, there's, there's an actual deeper level of bittal that we, that we don't talk about here. And it's the bittal of the, of Chazal to the Boi It's not just a bittal where you have no agenda. It's you've become so bottle that you can actually anticipate the agenda of your master. That's like the best employee you could ever have. The guy who comes to you with the project completed before you even told him because he knows you so well that he realizes that that's what you were going to say to him. And he comes back to you with the whole project done. The, the, uh, the, um, the, uh, 
the analysis made, whatever it was you wanted him to do for you, but he anticipated it. That's beyond. That's 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 like the level of Chazal. But that doesn't fit in the marshal here. Can we achieve <laughs> that level? Sorry. Can we achieve that level? Absolutely. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, uh, all of these levels are bitter. I think we can achieve. How could we achieve a level? Chazal, you're saying, is because they, they mamish, um, we're so mavato themselves that they came up with chidushim in Yiddishkeit that, um, but you're saying, but, but it, has it been since Chazal? I mean, maybe the Ariya oh, Kaddish and Yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying. Not, I, not, not, you can't, you can't be Mahadish like Chazal, you know, you can't come up with your own Gazeera Shavas and stuff and make halachas. But, but the, on our level, on, on wherever we're holding in Man. the of Torah. Like whenever you come up with a Chiddush, when you come up with a Chiddush that's, that, that's you know, that, that, that helps us in whatever it is, that you, or, or, you know, it's possible that you can anticipate that the Torah might say something. That's called Das Torah. If it's like this and like this and like this, then maybe it would be that this is the case in the Torah, and then you'll see, wow, it Tucker is like that. That's that's rare. That 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 takes a lot of uh, yeah. That that's not that's something that that, that is rare, but I'm, it is available. Those things that are that's called dust Torah. That it's the pasha understanding what dust Torah is. That you've become so in tune with the Rebbeinu Shloim that not only have you lost your own any sense of personal agenda or personal relevance or independent relevance, but that you've actually synced in with the Rabbi Shalom on his level, on 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 your level, excuse me, according to your Kalim, and now you're in a sense anticipating certain things. I I, I thought it was interesting that both Yoel and Michael, I, I didn't realize you guys were talking about more like in a Torah level, but I wasn't even thinking like that, meaning learning Torah. I thought it meant like just everyday life. And that's how we yeah. should be anticipating. I mean, I mean, I just, I, you, I just put it in context of learning Torah. That, yeah, for sure, in everything, it, it, could, it could be like that. But, but the, uh, it's, it's very nice to know these different levels of of bittel, and to know that it is a level of bittel when you do have your own rutsoyness and you like to go to the the ball game and you like to, you know eat the ice cream and you like you know and you like to build this and do that and but when it comes to shabbos you let go of everything and you're there for shabbos that's that's the level of the bittle of the brain and that's a very big accomplishment in this world that is that's uh so we're, we're not taking away from that at all we're just showing how how much deeper it goes i'll tell you i had a really amazing experience by chris mcgilla last year just this last year that I um whether I'm coming to my own like I'm coming to new levels in my Kedushan, whatever. And when I when I sat there for the Kriya at Shimla Tzadik, where I always go, it's a whole bunch of holy people there. And um I I have my own Megillah and I was right by the Kriya and I'm reading the Megillah and it wasn't I was experiencing like, like, like nishamas and 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 like um, not not nishamas on like uh, like the the experience to me was not a Mordechai and Esther and Haman and Achashverosh and Vashti and 
it was it was an experience of a ruchni experience like it felt like i was experiencing it on a deeper level of klali swell and going deeper inside yeah but what it really what was really amazing that was really amazing but what was even more amazing is that i realized as i was experiencing the megillah on a whole different level to what i've ever experienced before i was aware of endless deeper levels that i wasn't being masig that i was that i knew there are people who listen to the megillah who are having an experience incomparably deeper than the experience I'm having, which is the most deep experience that I've ever had in my life. You with me? That that's a very it's like that that's one of the ideas of 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 the of of the uh, of learning these deeper levels of it, it's a um, it's a it's a humbling experience to see where we've got to go where we where we. You know where there is to get to not to think oh i'm not there yet but just to know that whatever we achieve there's more to achieve after that and that's uh that's that's exciting one of the I, I, did we talk about this thing with uh with um the apollo mission do we say that about when they got to the moon that I, I don't know if it's true but i heard that, that the whole team of like 100 people they all fell into depression like shortly after they landed. Oh right, yeah, you said that. Yeah, because yeah. like, what's there to do now? So when we when we know that we've got, that's one of the things why money keeps people so busy. Because when when does it end? When when have you got enough money? <laughs> There's never. You can always go for the next. Once you're a billionaire, now you're looking to become. You know, you want to hit the 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 ten figures. Nine figures is not enough. Now we need. So the, the uh, yeah, let's. You know, and then you want to become a trillionaire. That's already a benchmark. So there's always room to go. So we're looking at we're excited by different Madragas of Bittle, not by not by fancier sports cars. There's, a, there's always a bigger yacht. There is always a bigger yacht. That's what I, that I mean, that's just the money thing, isn't it? Imagine what these people must feel like, like when they actually have a minute to sit and think. Uh, thank God they can. Thank God they've got enough money to keep distracting themselves. Because if they ever had to actually sit there and like think about this stuff, they would. It, it's just so silly, so silly. Anyway, um, so so now what the Rebbe does? He goes into this really kind of. He actually gives us a whole Hazara on everything we've learned until now, basically, and he very poetically kind of gives you the dream or the fantasy, so to speak, of the Nefesh of Akis. So he's he's painted the picture. We know what the Nefesh of Akis is. We know what the Nefesh of Amis is. They're both stipped into the same goof and they're both fighting over the same city, yeah? And they want complete dominion, whether it's the level... Of, Every level of bittle, they want every, they want the entire thing and they want the most, the, the deepest bittle they can get. Yeah. So now the Rebbe points out, I'm going to read this in Hebrew, okay, because it's just, it's so poetic and powerful that I'll read it in Hebrew and I'll translate it um, simply if I can. So he says, so this is basically the fantasy, the dream of the Nefesh Lakis. 
יהי ממלואי מהחוכמה בינה דאש בנפש רכיס. That the three brains should be full of the חוכמה בינה דאש בנפש רכיס. שהיא חוכמה ששם ובינסוי. לסבוינין בגדולסוי תמדתי אין היס גדולה אשר עד אין חייקה ואין סויף. I'm going to translate loosely. You, you get what I'm saying, yeah? I don't need to translate everything, yeah? Yitzi, you're good with it? You're good with it? Yeah, pretty good, yeah. Okay, basically, okay. If something you really don't understand, it feels like you're missing, I'll, t- tell me and I'll stop. Lahoylid mehem, to give birth from them. Ayyadaya das. Hayyera b'moychoy. Upachad Hashem b'liboy. Palpable emotions of fear and pachad. V'avaz Hashem. Like a flaming, fiery fire. To the point where he's halishing. Yeah? To be davik and merge with him. And absolute and utter merging on every level of my reality and existence into his infinity, into his Echad. From the right ventricle. This is answering Yitz's question. Until the right ventricle comes full and overflows and it overflows into the left ventricle of the heart. That's your answer. Let a kafiel sitra achwa to 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 never translate this word well to um to like overwhelm the sitra achwa, meaning his sense of independent self. Yesoida Maima Ryanba from the Yesoid of water in it. She a taiva met Shaklipa's Noiga, which is the taiva of Kleba's Noiga, to, to, to long for the pleasure. Lishanoisa Lahaf Lahafhamatanugolamhaze Lahavashem to not only just overwhelm it, but to transform this love of personal pleasure into from the Tanuga Oilam Haze into Avas Hashem. Kamoishakasu Bukhola Vavakha. That turning the nefesh, the 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 Hara into a yitzhara, actually flipping it around, turning its mitzias around. And I, then I stop the translation. It, he's talking. That is the ultimate dream of the nefesh lekis, to become so cooked up through intellectual, um, through. Through the intellect, that it fuels the heart to such a degree that the the, the midas of the nefesh lakis to such a degree that it pours over not only silencing the nefesh lakis the nefesh of Bahamis, but then actually transforming the energy of the nefesh of Bahamis into godly energy. You with me? That's a very, like, I don't know if anybody in this generation experiences that, but that's the fantasy of the Nefesh, the nefesh of Akis. But it goes on. Basically, I didn't translate the rest of it, but basically the, then it would transform all the rest of the emotions. So Avranyera transpose and transfigure into all the other emotions. So it, then all the other emotions turn, turn in, 
to turn Kadosh. And from that, the thought and the speech is now dominated and turned into complete godliness. And the person experiences the level of Lopasik Pumi Magirsa, where he's constantly involved in Divrei Torah. And then finally, that will transfer down into the actions where all of his actions will become godly and he won't be involved in any other behavior other than other than godly behavior, which means mitzvahs, toe mitzvahs. So it goes like this. It starts in the intellect and through the right energy and focus of the Chochmah and Bina, it penetrates the Das. The Das then causes the emotions, the godly emotions to flare up. The godly emotions then pour over into the left side of the heart, silencing at first silencing the Nefesh of Bahamas and then eventually overwhelming it to the point where they actually transform the Nefesh of Bahamas. Now the Nefesh of Bahamas becomes forkocht for the for on a on an emotional level, which then plays out down into the into the thinking and the speaking and eventually into the doing. And that is the that is the conquest of the ear katana complete. That's the dream of the Nefesh Lakis. That at that point, the Nefesh Lakis takes the flag, sticks it in, looks back and goes, ah, oh, Hashem. And now the inauguration begins. The Nefesh of Bahamas is looking for the exact same thing. The same thing, just the opposite. But now you might think this is so removed. Like, how are you going to meditate or think about something and create such a palpable emotion? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. You ever like something happened? Yeah. Something annoying happened. I don't know. Like someone cut you up and like they swore at you or something and uh, whatever. And they had a nicer car than you as well. And then, and then. And then something happened at work that was a bit annoying. And whatever, all of a sudden, you start thinking how worthless you are and how you've never really done anything worthwhile. And you miss it. You miss the point so much. And then you start thinking about all the times you've been horrible to your wife, all the times you've screwed up with your kids. And then, and then you start thinking about all the opportunities that you missed. And... Before you know it, you're in what we call a funk, yeah? Everyone knows what I'm talking about. That That's this process in reverse. That just shows you how powerful the brain is. It all happened because the brain hit a certain frequency. It hopped onto certain words and thoughts that were of that frequency and it just started meditating. And you go down and down and down. And it's just because you're meditating, that's literally what it is. You're being misboinen on this, on this ra, on this shtuyot, on whatever you want to call it. That's what causes us to spiral down in these horrible emotional. downward spirals so 
it's actually not that far from our experience at all, this concept of thinking about stuff that actually takes you up. And I'm telling you, the more you get involved in, I found it from Chabad Chassidus more than, in fact, I've never found it anywhere else. Maybe, maybe from my little dabbling in Kabbalah a little bit, but not, but, but with Chabad Chassidus, it gives you, it gives you what to Tucker think about. That's the point. It gives you meditations. It gives you, it gives you things to think about. Like what we spoke about last week, last time about the, uh, you know, about speech, just to think about that. And to really ponder it and then to start plugging it in, like everything that I'm seeing is Devar Hashem and the space in what I'm in is 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 Shtikas Hashem. And like that 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 can really be poil your emotions. It really can. It's not so far from us. So although the, the maybe the degree of what the Rebbe, the pictures of the Rebbe painted here um, was a little bit more than usual, um, it's still not that far from us. Um, we're going to finish off now just by quickly saying... What we just described there was actually the tzaddik. Although the Rebbe didn't say that, and we'll see the next chapter, chapter 10, is going to be discussing the tzaddik. So it was the perfect kind of segue into the tzaddik. But that was the inner experience of the tzaddik. Now, the Rebbe just ends off quickly. Um, there's some other things that I didn't mention, if you want to look at the notes. Um, but the Rebbe basically says, and the same is true on the opposite level of the Nefesh of Bahamas. But then he mentions, and this is really uh, this is really comforting, that the same is true for the Nefesh of Bahamas, um, but it's for your good. And he compares it to the analogy, or he analyzes, whatever, he compares it to the, the story in the Zohar Kodesh, of the of the Zoina who is hired by the king to tempt the son, to tempt his to tempt his his son, the prince, to see if he's to see if he's of the right stuff to uh, to be the king. So it means like this: that your dark nature, your dark side, your selfish side, that we hate so much, that all of us hate so much is a tailor-made program that is absolutely, um, which is being run absolutely by the Rabbi Shalom. Your dark side or our dark side is, is a angel from the Rabbi Shalom. And every test that we're being dealt with, we're being we're being presented with is perfectly tailored to our nefesh lakis to provide us with the perfect opportunity to overcome it which means every single thing that we're dealing with no matter how difficult it appears no how no matter how overwhelming and how impenetrable that wall appears or how dark it appears or whatever it's by definition, made for us to be able to surmount it. And then what will happen is you'll surmount it, and then a new thing will come back, and you'll surmount that, and then eventually you'll fall flat on your face again. 
and you're <laughs> always you'll always fall flat on your face and that's a victory in itself because that gives you a nevus if you kept winning your wars it would take a very very big man to stay humble i think that would be impossible personally if a person won every free will choice that he had i think that would be the the greatest tragedy because <laughs> oh. you'd fall into gyver so you should know that no matter how you know it yourself like your kid will do something and you'll overcome it and then two minutes later the next kid will come in and do something even more crazy and you somehow miraculously overcome it and then your wife comes in yeah and that's it you, you can't, that, <laughs> that, that, that one i can't deal with yeah or your wife does x you 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 overcome that one and then amazingly, to your amazement, she then did why, yeah? And you're like, I can't believe that. And you're, you're Miss Garber. And you think, oh, oh, and then and then she went and did Z. <laughs> and then you break. That, that's, that's a victory. That's a tremendous victory. A tremendous victory. The X and the Y was a The X by itself was a tremendous victory. The Y was absolutely phenomenal. And then the fact that you fell at Z was even better. Because now you don't take credit for X and Y and you feel humbled in front of the Bodenschleudern. That's a tremendous achievement. Okay, we should be zoicher to humility and to... Um, and... Uh, She's eager to get, get in gear now for the next couple of days because um, Tishabov is a is a is a dick opportunity to tear Bagadim. Tearing Bagadim is the metaphor for changing your behavior because, as we said, exactly. So, as we said, Shvir Salev. When we become definitionless, that's the that's when the DMN has been discontinued, and you've stopped playing out that program that you've been playing out for the past forty years of your life, and now you're free to become a new person to start acting in a different way, and that's that's why we tear our clothes in a veilus because you can you can tear your clothes you can actually jump out of behaviors that you feel are not possible to jump out of. And that, that really is available on Tishabov. That really is, it really is available. So uh, we don't have to literally tear our clothes, but um, we should know that on a, on a conceptual level, on a Hasidic level, um, the garments are there to be torn and, um, and uh, we should be Zoycha. Well, I heard an amazing word this morning. Amen. Sky.